Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Welcome back to the Community Podcast. My name is Nick Jorgidio. I'm happy to be here with my favorite classmates, Tommy Cardinal and Debbie Gunter. My favorite classmates because it's back to school time. Everybody's going yes. back to school in Orange County. So watch out for pedestrians. Watch out for traffic. It's going to get busier out there, of course. And uh, yeah, just thinking about it, like those first day of school jitters. Did you guys have any specific stories about hey, I went back to school this one time and uh, it was particularly great or maybe traumatizing. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, my parents, they couldn't care less about me having cute clothes. And so I wanted to fit in with all Even the now cool or kids. just when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, no, still they, they don't they care. They don't care. Yeah. Um, but I remember my parents would never take us shopping at, you know, like department stores. We would go to Zares or... Montgomery Ward at the time, oh, and yeah. Nikes were super popular back then, and my parents wouldn't buy me any, but at Montgomery Ward, they had some with a swish, but there were these little holes cut in the swish, like a die-cut little hole, um, several of them, and I remember thinking, oh, no one will know these are not real Nikes, and I got them, and I felt so proud walking into school because certainly no one would know they weren't the no real one's gonna thing, point right? That out. Yeah. Kids, kids are famously nice to each other. Oh, it was <laughs> awful. It, it was that somebody noticed. No one said anything, but I'm sure they were all talking about me behind my back. But for, for me as a girl, it was always about the clothes, your outfit. What are you going to yeah. wear on the first day? And you lay it out on your bed with your new shoes. And, you know, you had your school clothes back then. Oh, that's why I have an outfit related story as well. Yeah. So I went from private school to public school. And I didn't know what to wear because I had always had a uniform and, you know, you had to tuck it in and mm -hmm. you had the little, I had a clip on tie with it. It was a very formal Episcopal school. And then I went to public school and I was like, oh, I guess I'll get some uh, board shorts and a t-shirt. And I tried it. And of course I tucked the t-shirt in. Oh. And uh, yeah, it did not go well <laughs> first day of school for me. No. Yeah. That no. still is not a good look. No. Surprisingly. It's not. Could you describe it a little more? The so it was it was black checkerboard pants, black and blue checkerboard pants, mm. and a black, I think it was Maui and Sons shirt. I remember this because it was one of the first ones that my parents had purchased for me that weren't from the gift shop. Because normally I would just wear the Daytona Beach shirts from the gift shop that we owned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was super awesome. cool to wear the shirt from the place that you're from. And then, uh, so it was Maui and Sons, black shirt with a little shark logo, blue and black checkerboard, Tuck, fully tucked in. Wow. Like Young, a four-year-old it's pajamas or something. Yeah, yeah. 12-year-old <laughs> Nick, so my beard was about half as long as it is now. Oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I I had a similar experience where I switched from a school with uniforms to a, a public school where there were no. But my elementary school, my first memory is taking a picture on the tree that was in our front yard. And me and my sister both were like climbing the tree like before school and now is like have to take a picture before you go into yeah. class yeah but yeah outfits weren't a thing because it was every the only thing was what color polo shirt are you gonna wear because i went to Southside, which was a pri uh, public school but 
had uniforms. Yeah, more uh, mm-hmm. a lot more of the uh, middle schools and especially the elementary schools have mm-hmm. uniforms nowadays. And then I went to sixth and half of seventh grade at a private school, Sarasota School of Arts and Sciences. And then the second semester of s- seventh grade, I switched to public school where it was um, where, no, you no uniform. So that was the first time in the ripe age of 13 or 14 when my style sense was at the peak. Oh, yeah. 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 So I, I don't even remember what I wore, but um, it wasn't good. I, I know that th- <laughs> there were Nike Air Force Ones that like oh. with blue suede was involved. Wow. Nice. It was the first time I ever got like a really good pair of new shoes. And that's what I chose. I was like, let me get these. That's awesome. I feel like if we combined our outfits, like the board shorts plus the Nikes yeah. plus maybe whatever your top was, we would have been set. Yes. You know, there is something to be said for uniforms. Looking yeah, back yeah. as an adult, that, I, I, that would have been nice for me. I never had that I choice. I kind of want uniforms now, yeah. as a matter I know. of fact. Well, along the same lines, you know, a lot of back-to-school stuff, a lot of back-to-school content in the August issue of mm-hmm. the community paper. I really liked Lindsay's article about going back to school in the 80s and how different it is and how different we treat it as we do now. I love Did you guys have article. a chance to read it? And, and she was so spot on talking about how back in the 80s, which was when I was in school as well, it, our parents were just, it just wasn't a big deal. Go, like maybe the they took a picture as you're walking out the door and then bye. Um, and today it's a lot of pressure for parents. They have to have yeah. that cute little sign and with all the beautiful handwriting and the Instagram. It's interesting. <laughs> the parents spend all summer learning calligraphy just exactly. for this one picture. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's a lot of pressure. No, I really like that uh, that article. And Back Debbie, you wrote you wrote a little so bit about uh, going back to school too. Yeah, I was thinking um, a lot over the summer, just as you see the back to school stuff coming out, and with everything that's going on in the economy and how expensive everything is, I couldn't help but think about how difficult this time of year must be for a lot of families out there having to, you know, buy the school clothes and the supplies and the lunches and and all of that. And so I was just trying to. Um, prompt people to perhaps just pop into your local school. I know just having experience with being involved when my kids are in school, they all have a fund, if you will, to help, you know, some other students in need. And so you can just go up there and just say you'd like to make a donation. Um, there, You can even just Google, you know, school supply drive Orlando and a bunch of options will come up. The Harbor House downtown, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a place for domestic abuse victims to go it's a safe harbor for them and and they have a lot of families a lot of mothers with children there and they have a wish list on amazon you can go on and type in harbor house wish list and and see what kinds of things that the kids who are living there need so there are plenty of opportunities so i hope everyone would just even if it's just you know spend 10 bucks just Mm -hmm. to I can buy a lot of notebooks and pencils and um and this year particular i think the problem is exacerbated because inflation and even the things that are that were like a dollar or like two dollars now and it, right. i think a lot of families that weren't hurting last year could be now yeah. and i think there's a lot of room to give back in that aspect well and it also a lot of times will fall on the teachers because teachers want their students to have what they need to succeed and and i i know a lot of teachers and they'll every year they'll end up going to buy supplies for their students themselves so anything you can do to help out that'd be great yeah and uh, I really appreciate people like Nikki Suarez, who has Nevermind Millie and Impact Fitness down here on Edgewater Drive. She had an event on August 5th, a sort of back-to-school bash, 
had a couple of vendors there uh, so people could see some of the stuff or get some of the stuff that they needed for back to school. But she's also trying to create in the store there. So it's Impact Fitness. It's a dance studio. They still do classes there for kids and adults. But she also wanted to start a little shop, like the kind of shop that she had when she was a kid that kids could just, they're riding around on their bikes. They can stop in for some candy and a soda, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So she had a little, or they had an event there, uh, back to school bash. So people could do a meet and greet with other parents. Other students could meet each other. So that was really neat as well. It's nice. Yeah. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Typically. I mean, back to school. I mean, we're, we're adults, so we just work all the time. I know we don't really have any anything similar, do we? But I I feel like adults do typically take vacations during the summer. That is true. So summer is still fun. Well, yeah. and a lot of parents look forward to school starting. <laughs> I may or true. may not have been one of those parents. I can't recall. Oh. Very good. Well, when we come back, we'll take a quick commercial break. We will talk about the next big date on our calendar. That is August twenty third. That is the primary here in Florida. General elections are down the road, but we wanted to talk about the primaries, especially as they affect our readers. And uh, we'll talk also about a little bit about uh, some new places to go to north of downtown. So stay tuned. If you need a little pick-me-up, a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back, everyone. Um, We're shifting from back to school to the primary election, which is August 23rd, and early voting has begun. Yep. Uh, Started August 8th. Um, But there is... A change in the Florida House uh, after the census and redistricting. Nick, could you tell us more about that? Yeah. So every 10 years we do the census as a country. And what happens is there's a redistricting. It happens a little bit differently in each state. But what happens in Florida is they recount the population and they assign the lines of the map accordingly. So that it's not just, you know, if Orlando keeps growing, then you're going to have one district with hundreds of thousands of people and then another district with only tens of thousands or Mm -hmm. maybe even less, fewer people. So they redistrict it based on the population shifts and the additional population that we've gotten in those 10 years. And so what happened, the main thing for the College Park in the downtown area was that District 47, which on Escamani has represented for the last two years, four years, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. uh, that has shifted to become District 42, which will cover most of downtown Orlando and a little bit south of that, and District 40, which will cover most of College Park and then out west to Ocoee and Apopka. So it's a little bit different. The maps look a little bit different. You can read more. We've uh, covered it extensively on your communitypaper.com and see a little bit more about it there. But What happened is that means we have uh, people representing different areas and we have in some cases and, you know, a new um, uh, an election with new candidates that maybe we've never met before. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we wanted to do uh, with the paper is make sure that we introduce these candidates to you. So for District 40, again, that's the one that's going to be representing most of College Park. 
we actually did an interview with the two Democratic candidates in the primary. Okay. So whoever wins this Democratic primary will go on to face Nate Robertson, who is the Republican candidate for District 40. He's running unopposed in the primary. So he is not running there. Uh, but LaVon Bracey Davis and Melissa Myers are the two Democratic candidates. So I sat down with them and I asked them basically the same questions. So you can kind of compare apples to apples of the two candidates and see them there. And then what was nice is the College Park Neighborhood Association in their August 1st meeting had both of those candidates plus Nate Robertson in to do a Q&A with some of the uh, residents of College Park, but also to have them just go over some of their platform. So that's, that's something great. you can see if you go to the Facebook page for the College Park Neighborhood Association, you can learn a little bit more about them. And our, our website now has a section where if you scroll down news to... Uh, candidate interviews. There's a list of all the different candidates that we've interviewed. So you yeah. had the two in District 40. Yep. And I interviewed the two from District 42. The two the, Republican the two Republicans. Because on Eskimani's running on a post for District 42, so she'll be the candidate for the November election. But David Dwyer and Bonnie Jackson are running on, for the Republican side. So that's yep. in the August primary. So you can see those interviews at at our website, and you can search their names if you can't find it. Yeah, and to vote for them, you have to be a registered Democrat or a registered Republican then obviously living in those districts. So if you were living in College Park, but you were a registered Republican, you're not going to be able to vote for the Democrat. You basically have uh, the only choice you have would be in the November election mm -hmm. uh, for that. So that's a little bit of how that works. Thanks for doing that, you guys. That yeah. was really helpful information. Learning a lot about the, how the politics breaks down and how the system works. And it's really, it's pretty interesting. And there's a lot of candidates out there. So, you know, as always, do your research before voting. Go and find out more about them, what they stand for, and how that aligns with your values. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was out and about a lot. So I went to that CPNA meeting, the College Park Neighborhood Association meeting, mm -hmm. for and meet the candidates and everything. And then I was just out a lot. Like I went and tried a couple of new things around town, including um, I didn't realize this when we did the article back in February that it was a, a friend of mine who was doing this. I saw that it was Bandbox. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's my friend. That's your friend? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. We used to work together. Wow. Back in the day, me and uh, his name is Kevin Zeff. And so I went to the Bandbox not too long ago to experience it because it's a very different experience. It sounds like it. Yeah. How, how's that going? Uh, he's been doing really well. He likes it a lot. And uh, so just to get into a little bit of background, because it brings a smile to my face every time I think about it, is he started out with the intention of creating a little gallery. And then because of the space that he created, he thought, and uh, the people he was working with, his co creative collaborators kind of thought that it would be kind of a cool place to have a drink. But he didn't want to go through, it's a retail space, it's 500 square feet. So he didn't want to go through the, uh, the uh, you know, the hoops to get a liquor license. Mm -hmm. And when you say gallery, like an art gallery? Yeah, like, like an art gallery. And maybe some uh, collectibles, maybe it gets on antique row, so maybe some vintage stuff, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so long story short, he decided to go into non-alcoholic beverages. So um, instead of it being like a full bar, it's a very small space. So you actually uh, go ahead and go on the website and make a reservation and go in for an hour. Mm -hmm. And you can sample some of the non-alcoholic beverages that they have, whether that's something that they create right there and sort of mix up or something that's 
pre-canned or pre-bottled. And to scratch this creative itch that he has, he's an actor by trade and by training, um, but he hasn't been able to get much of a chance to do that because he has a young son and because of the pandemic. Uh, he created a character. So he's in character there every night as it is as Byron Abington. So wow. full English accent, wearing a tuxedo, interacting with as you. As the bartender? As the, as the uh, mater d host. So there amazing. is another person doing the, uh, the stuff, but it was really fun. I bet he loves going to work every night. He loves it. It's like this, you know, he improvs every night. He has some stuff that he always says, but then he's just interacting, making people laugh, having fun, and teaching people about sort of non-alcoholic beverages and the lifestyle and things of that nature. And when you say non-alcoholic beverages, it's not like soda or th- it's no, like this is no. full on like yeah. So mixology. these are bitters and um, anything you would have in a regular drink. And, you know, they stay away from the term mocktails because that's just something that just tastes like that. They do some really elegant and complicated flavor profiles to really bring their drinks up a notch. Um, so do they are they able to mimic tequila, for oh, example? Yeah. So there is uh, there's a, a few a few groups who are creating a non-alcoholic tequila, non-alcoholic gin, non-alcoholic wow. vodka. So you still get some of those flavor notes in there, but it doesn't have any of the alcohol. If you just wanted to go before you go out on the town, you just want to have a quick drink and hang out. Or if you want a little bit of a similar experience and you can go there. You know, what would be funny is to take some friends there, but don't tell them that it's non-alcoholic and let them think they're drinking real tequila and see what happens. It's pretty well advertised when you get there that it's, but you won't know about Byron until you get there. So they might be surprised by that. Okay. That's really fun. Cool. So, and then down the street, again, I feel like I've just been out too much. I may need to take the next two weeks and stay at home to Mm -hmm. re-energize myself. No, we like it when you go out. Okay, great. Um, Credo Coffee um, that is on North Orange Avenue. Love it. It was kind of always a market, so they always had a couple of different vendors in there, especially when they opened. Mm -hmm. Well, they've got a new vendor in there, Zeppelin Books. So it's a little bookshop in there. So they'll have new books, local books, or books by local artists from local presses and stuff. And it's uh, it's got a really nice vibe to it. And I didn't realize that um, Diverse Words, uh, which is like the ongoing um, open mic night that Sean Welcome does, the mm-hmm. Poet Laureate of Orlando, is now there. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so it ties in it. really well That's with cool the, like having all the books there. And books, it's a, coffee, and poetry. That's yeah. a mm-hmm. match made in heaven. And it was this really cute story about the couple who started it. They're married now, but they kind of met and kind of fell for each other over books and coffee. And so Alex and Andrea and is the name of the two people who own it. And so very cute couple. Yeah. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. Good for them. All right. So I'm done. You guys go out for the next week and do a bunch of new stuff. And then you can talk about it on the next episode. Okay. Okay, right. great. I'm in. Oh, I'm going to take a nap. Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Giorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. But genies are... This like, one. She had a pink outfit on. Okay.
but it was, yeah. she was like normal looking person. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, was only like, later uh, on with Aladdin that genies became blue. That's the genie. I know. Yeah, that is your genie. <laughs> the I genie like, I know. No, genies were supposed a, to be purple. An overweight man with a skirt on that's painted purple. No, this yeah. was a pretty blonde. Okay. <laughs> 